Okay, so since it's uh, six already, I suggest we just open up to everyone. Um, one question I have to, or, or maybe uh, it's rather um, an observation, uh, that um, all three of you, um, well, any you, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, that the Achteotil looks at histories of, of artistic practice that are often marginalized. Of course, you know, we saw similar things in the other presentations in your case, of course, you know, and a period of exhibition making that's often treated in somewhat belittling way, perhaps in, in literature on, on, the, on the subject. And then, you know, this, this uh, heritage of, of late modernism um, treated as, as, as heritage, which, you know, it's usually not considered. Um, so in, in, in all three cases, cases, there's an effort of, um, Imagining, you know, um, the the other art that is possible, exactly by looking back at uh, alternate genealogies. Um, maybe any of you has something to say about that. It's a very yeah, like I said, it's not a question; it's an observation. With the Tensta Museum, more than uh, existing institutions, it's maybe to do with artists playing around with the notion of the museum. Uh, whether it's Brotars or, or um, younger um, proponents. So less um, an institutional legacy than an artistic legacy, I would say. Well, that's, uh, maybe someone else has a question. Yeah. Come back to response. Yeah, definitely. So feel free to throw questions. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm against the idea of collecting the questions. <laughs> but I'll I'll uh, just uh, just post mine then. But um, it's actually not maybe. I'm just, uh, um, I just kept being interested when Annie was talking about the um, throwing away of the idea of the spectatorship in um, favor of usership, because user also is so much, um, we're so much um, addressed as users uh, of anything and of, uh, you know, like in, 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 the, in your common sort of behavior um, as a consumer. And uh, I think that the idea of spectatorship still has something else to offer. So that's why I was a bit worried about like really getting rid of it. Um. Well, I should say Stephen Wright is suggesting, but more in, in <laughs> not me, but more in relation to di disinterested spectatorship. So that the, there's a sort of the Kantian idea of literally how we experience art or engage with it. And I think it's 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 more to do with its its inadequacy to think these practices, perhaps. So not all practices, but I think what he was uh, w he was thinking about was that well, usership is exciting in relation to the idea that it's not about ownership; it's about something that you can use and give back. So on certain levels, I think it has much more potential than indeed uh, um, the idea of of indeed how we're always addressed or how we understand ourselves in relation to notions of effect and instrumentalization. But um, and spectatorship in relation to knowledge and learning and, and uh, of course, um, um, engagement with, with particular practices, absolutely. But I think it's, a, it's an idea that it's, it's not necessarily adequate for this type of practice. 
I also shared <laughs> I also shared the same idea we not to not collect the uh, questions. Um, I think any <laughs> I have to yeah. I, th I think any you missed the room number three, the room of propaganda, legitimation, oh, and belief. But I also have another qu a question, which is, you also said something around ex exemplifying the one-to-one, -one, at the one-to-one -one scale, mm -hmm. let's say, the projects that were in the archive. Mm -hmm. Can you yeah, give an example of that? I can, I can indeed. Um, I think, I hope I can give two examples of that. Uh, one actually is very nice that Maria is here because one project that functioned on a one-to-one -one scale was a project that we redeveloped from Apollonia Susursic, which was uh, originally a project I think developed in 1995 uh, or 1996, the light therapy room. 99, okay. Uh, we were indeed trying to build up a, a set of practices, and one was uh, we looked at this project of Apollonius Susersic, which was developed in Moderna Musée with uh, uh, Maria in 1999, which was, I guess, on one level critiquing or thinking about how the space of the museum is used. Um, and uh, what she had done was developed a light therapy room, and she advertised for people to come, and anybody who, who wanted light therapy, which I think at that point was a much more collective experience, in terms of technology, people could come and um, and um, have light therapy against, you know, a lot of darkness and against, I guess, combating depression. Um, it's a big thing. Still, <laughs> yes. yes, it's a big thing still. Yes, yes. So, um, so Apollonia developed a light therapy room in the museum, and people uh, started to attend and use it on that way. She had other elements in the room, I think, uh, um, in relation to how space and architecture is developed in museums. So there was a kind of critique running through too. But ostensibly, anybody who wanted to come and have light therapy could have it in this room. And we were interested in that, so we thought, could we develop this as one of the projects that would work on a one-to-one -one scale, that we would repurpose our museum exhibition room as a space for light therapy. But what became quite interesting was that light therapy, when we talked to Philips in, in Eindhoven, which uh, who were still developing uh, different uh, ideas around light, they were saying, oh yeah, but everybody can actually get a light therapy in their own house now. It's much cheaper. You can have clothes that, uh, you know, you can even uh, find, yeah, uh, the technology can go into your clothes or into your room. What we're really interested in relation to light now is the idea that it can improve your cognitive capacities and your, your thinking, your communication skills. And so we thought, okay, with Apollonia, we decided, well, let's use that. Let's create this other uh, collective space that people can use um, and that, um, you know, we will apparently improve their cognitive and, um, and communication uh, capacities. And so it became used constantly um, in the museum. People really wanted to try out this, and often just for very uh, matter-of-fact meetings, etc. But that was one of the, the rooms that uh, happened on a one-to-one -one scale. Um, the, indeed, the room of, contra uh, the room of propaganda... Um, and belief, this uh, legitimation and belief. We were interested in this idea of constructing an art history, uh, this idea of uh, of the criteria that we had developed uh, collaboratively with people, and this idea of really thinking what it is to brand a movement, what it is to um, to develop the, the 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 criteria for it, uh, what it is to institute change, uh, what it is to be an activist, what it what kind of uh, motivations, what kind of factors are are. There and this was very much a room in which Tanya, who believed in this uh, idea of needing to publicize and think, um, Artutiel, uh, you know, wanted to talk about both its history and and these criteria, um, and to display and to expose the mechanisms that we were using to build this 
this movement of R2TO. Another, uh, maybe this is a nice one, we're instrumentalizing Charles, this is an image of you, Charles, uh, um, on a one-to-one -one scale, I guess. This is a project um, <laughs> by Nuri Aguel. Nuri Aguel, again, in, this was in the room A Legal, and it's kind of an interesting idea that um, she uh, had developed a project quite uh, some time before, five years before, which was to marry a Cuban um, uh, citizen who wanted to become a Spanish, uh, wanted Spanish legal papers, uh, citizenship in Spain. And she developed an open competition. I think we've often come across projects similar to this. And it was an interesting idea that it uh, had been this open competition where people had to write her letters as to why they wanted to marry her. And so we were showing this in the documentation of the room. But there came to be a moment where we could actually enact the divorce um, in the, the Museum of Artitiel. Uh, because A, it was time, so after five years he, he had gained his papers and it was uh, possible for them to divorce without there being any kind of legal ramifications for him. And so they decided to divorce. But we discovered that Charles was actually um, sort of high enough in the local government in Eindhoven to, to enact a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, he was repurposed <laughs> at the opening to divorce them. So that, I, I suppose, is an interesting idea of how indeed one can... Uh, uh, think this idea of uh, of repurposing, reuse, um, and the institution of art as a space in which uh, one could might allow these things to happen. This was uh, this is the archive as we developed it at the time. The archive is uh, growing all the time. As we said, it began in uh, 1827, I think. Um, there are very, it's a very simple schematic archive. I wouldn't say it's, it's a hugely comprehensive, but it tries to think about the initiators, it tries to think about the duration, it tries to think about the benefits of particular projects. Obviously, it names the geography and the, uh, and the context also. Um, the idea is that it's an open archive also. It's available on a website. Anybody could print up this archive. Anybody could institute their own uh, moment of the Museum of Artutil, should they want to. Um, many people have invited the the um, the Museum of Artitiel to go places. What's really great about the project on many levels is it's extremely pluralistic. There are many people involved. Mima and Miguel um, are also engaged with the Museum of Artitiel. There's an association of Artitiel where artists can join. Uh, people can suggest projects for the. Um, archive and we tend to look at them in relation to the criteria and then they're added to the archive um, and there have now been a series of uh, smaller exhibitions or displays of the archive um, in various places there was one in Zagreb recently there's one currently on in um, in London um, in Arts Catalyst and there's also a very important ongoing activity that has been generated by the two researchers, Gemma Medina and Alexandra Saviotti. It's called Broadcasting the Archive, where they are really trying to engage in not only continuing to build it, but, but to discuss it and to workshop it and to teach it and to think it and to, to sort of share it. Um, because, of course, that would be the danger that it can kind of, uh, yeah, it, it remains as something static. And I suppose that's what's very interesting for us, that idea that a museum has a collection that can be reenacted. It is not, it's not um, subject to the whims of the event of the exhibition somehow. And I think for us, it, 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 uh, we had to think 
a lot and change our own professional behavior around that idea of the urge to start a project and stop a project. So the idea of keeping it going, maintaining it, um, and, and suggesting that it might go off in various different directions and only be added to because of that openness is something uh, I think that's really important and that we're all trying to develop right now. Uh, I just see also like in connection with what we attempt uh, upstairs with the We Are The Time Machine mm -hmm. exhibition and then with Einstein Museum and Musée Arte Uti, what, what is common here is this uh, evaluation of uh, external contact coming into museum, uh, others coming into museum. So like people's approach, people's pro uh, proposal and, and then use. <laughs> Uh, users coming to vandalize exhibition. So also like the this wooden wall in the Musée Atelier also start being used. Uh, is it correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then like connecting with Arseni, um, this like uh, like in your effort of uh, reconstructing this uh, a like workers museum, a proletarian museum. What I noticed is that in fact it's still in the regime of a very uh, static structure of spectators and then works whether uh, works from uh, wherever the works come from so this can address uh, Wendelin's question once more and how do you see the difference in yeah. yeah I can try to criticize a little bit this model of uh, using art um, because it was uh, new for me because like five years ago when I was uh, deeply involved in political life of Russia as much as possible for just artists uh, I, I understood that unfortunately in case of real politics and uh, even uh, movement like Occupy movement uh, uh, this model doesn't work at all but it, it is another story but uh, what is interesting in, in this context, uh, if we speak, for example, about this example of post-revolutionary museums, uh, that uh, um, in contrast of artists, they didn't, um, uh, didn't have this um, obligation to be useful. Because uh, um, during that time after revolution, according to Marxism, when all uh, social contradictions should be uh, uh, resolved somehow, uh, art should disappear and um, becomes part of everyday life, becomes useful. What uh, uh, it's what uh, that uh, Russian constructivists tried to do. But uh, museums uh, of that time uh, went to opposite direction because they did not need to uh, destroy the borders of life, life and uh, art and uh, they did didn't want to be useful, so they decided to uh, be like place of uh, uh, analytics or place of meeting. That's why they um, keep uh, kept this um, uh, leading role of spectator. And I think that um, maybe it's uh, something interesting in in in, uh, in important. And in my case, in case of this uh, uh, artistic project, I try to 
re-establish this because this uh, this project uh, happened during um, protest in Moscow, and I had a great dilemma what to do. Uh, where uh, I I could spend time with my colleagues on the streets <laughs> in a Kopai camp, or uh, I I could uh, produce installation in uh, in this museum and. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was very problematic for me. But finally, I understood that um, uh, on the ultimate level, uh, these two spheres um, unfortunately uh, don't work together properly. Let's say, and uh, the only way how I could um, share this uh, solidarity. Uh, is to include the kind of historical materials to this uh, museum uh, in order not to invite like real people or real manifestators because they they did not need museum they need streets banks uh, I don't know economical system and so on so on but not Tretikov's gallery so uh, it was a problem but as um, kind of analytical again an uh, analytical space space that uh, can speak about history, I guess it works. So that was uh, my uh, my response to this, and uh, in this response, I, I tried to be close to 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 the logic of uh, uh, Soviet museologist. And you're continuing to work on the notion of the museum. Yeah. Do you want to say something about that? Uh, well, uh, in two words, I uh, move a little bit to more speculative things uh, about museum uh, from precise critical approach. And maybe it was one of the reasons, one of the results of this understanding of, uh, of the role of art in, uh, in the case of po politics, especially in Russia. Yeah, and um, like one of the next level for, for museum, I started to consider museums that should uh, go uh, further than just resolving social contradiction and maybe try to rethink uh, borders of uh, uh, human body, for example, yes. And uh, uh, it's interesting that, uh, again, um, I opened some uh, uh, interesting resources here uh, in Russia uh, about uh, conception of museum and uh, Russian cosmism philosophy. Uh, which uh, was kind of folk Marxism for that time, uh, because the um, main figure here uh, was uh, Nikolai Fyodorov, who was against uh, revolution, against any violence. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, he was against capitalism, uh, against uh, copyrights, uh, and uh, was kind of um, pretty leftist uh, in, in, uh, in his thinking. And um, yeah, and the most radical level of um, uh, Kaman Eisen, for example, or Bain uh, Equal, uh, for him was uh, uh, est establishing kind of equality between de dead uh, and uh, alive persons, but of course uh, mm, with um, mm, uh, but um, with tend to to produce a, a resurrection for that, not to kill everybody, but <laughs> to resurrect everybody. Yeah, and. Um, and museum was, idea. yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I agree. But uh, yeah, but today I think it looks uh, much more normal than 100 years ago. Um, 
Yeah, and uh, he thought that museum was like central part for, for, for this idea and museum should be turned into scientific laboratory, into school, into church, because church has intuition of the resurrection but doesn't have real tools for doing it. <laughs> so for him, my museum was uh, uh, very useful, <laughs> very useful. And uh, yeah, and the art of the museum should be art of this res resurrecting. And uh, he considered it even exhibition as kind of uh, resurrection activity, because when you show something, uh, you try to uh, reinvent it somehow to uh, revitalize it. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, uh, here we can find many similarities with contemporary art institutions, and which is good. But unfortunately, we have uh, find similarities as well with contemporary corporations like Google or Facebook or, or just uh, uh, secret services who uh, accumulate information about people but not uh, with the goal in the resurrection but with the goal to control and uh, to attack somehow. So it was uh, like next level uh, after let's say Marxist uh, museum. Might have a question. Uh, thanks for all the contribution. Might have a question between you and and you, though, uh, about your openness. I'm still hanging a little bit in this kind of uh, the openness discourse. I'm very split about it. Finally, kind of in looking at my practice and and so, how open can that be? And I experience your your practice uh, kind of focusing on the rules you're giving. Um, also in the uh, discourse that uh, the uh, Ostromian kind of uh, bureaucratism or uh, regulation governing the commons uh, is criticized uh, also in this context, if I read it right, uh, very much. And I, also I think that's a, a very crucial point. At the same time, it looks like that your the regulations you gave, g you give with the space, with the institution, and with this set of rules are um, are a uh, a vivid uh, base for the project. It needs somehow something like that in order to, to bring these people together, in order to, to make that happen. So in which way, how do, you, how do you consider these rules uh, or regulations over the project as closing or opening for those? About opening, I was exactly thinking about these criteria. Um, in relation to that, of course it's problematic. I mean, I would say that this is phase one of a much longer project. I mean, I certainly think Tanya feels that we all feel that there are, you know, like I said, huge inadequacies, uh, things that we kind of hyperbolized in a way, you know, exaggerated somehow in terms of the mechanisms in order to make them transparent. Um, you know, on some levels, I think the project tried to achieve so many things, you know, historicize, re-engage the viewer or think the user as distinct from the viewer. It's full of contradictions. It's quite a dynamic sort of uh, project because of all of those kind of contradictions and all of those inadequacies. Um, so I suppose it was an attempt to uh, be super clear about the criteria, maybe um, to be very transparent and to kind of show the, even the limits of that on some levels. Um, 
I mean, I'm really happy with the idea of the ongoing association that it might, as artists and as a community, even redefine the rules or get rid of the rules. You know, there are many potentials within this. So I suppose it was, uh, it was about generating a moment in time which might create a density of practice and indeed to be as transparent or even exaggerate those conditions was at least a way in which to begin the discussion, I guess, or to, to even polemicize it in some level. Could you probably also interpret the rules? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry to intervene in that way, but uh, maybe, maybe um, I think it's in the direction that you are hinting towards. I mean, it is who's making the rules and how flexible are those rules? Not because we don't really need rules, but we need forms of devising rules, not rules only. So to invent forms of devising rules is very, very difficult. It has to do with interpreting forms of participation, horizontality, rotation, whatever. These are inventions that aim at producing rules. They are not the rules themselves. So this is the openness, how to devise ways in which rules can, uh, can change and also how people will participate in forming those rules because sometimes you can devise the most open rules but it's you who devise them and you ask others to participate according to these. And this is a, I know it's a difficult process but I think it's a matter of experimentation in, in politics, in, in, in art and in life if you want. It, it's all it that matters perhaps. No, I totally agree. I mean, to that end, I would say that we're devising a summit next year in Middlesbrough where I guess a lot of this will come under scrutiny within the, the general idea of this association of people who hopefully add and critique this and change it. Miguel, yeah. I, I Sorry. Then I actually have a question to Maria, just following this discussion. My curiosity is, okay, we saw a slide of Hamid's Silence University project, and we saw members of a specific community using their artwork and the space of Testa Constal within the framework of Testa Museum. My question is, when, if and when those users of that artwork within that space, within the Tesla Museum, will become spectators of the Tesla Constal program, and vice versa, when those that go, like typical art world viewers, go to the Tesla Constal to see a show, called and Sanabi at the moment, if, on, if or when they will become users of the building or of the artwork that are there doing the Tesla Museum. These things uh, do happen. We haven't studied them in any systematic way, but anecdotally, we do know that a number of the participants in, in the language cafe come earlier or stay longer uh, to engage with something, particularly when it's moving image work, it seems. Um, and we commissioned a work by Philippa Cesar uh, recently uh, based on 
footage that she found in an archive in Guinea-Bissau from the late 60s and early 70s from the Liberation War, uh, reformatted and, and activated through contemporary voices who were present at the, at the time as well. And this seemed to capture uh, a number of people. Uh, what is important to, to know is that it's not only people from, from Tens that are participating in the language cafe. There are people from all over Stockholm. But there are two categories that uh, dominate the group. One is um, women who are 50 plus, who have been in Sweden often for up to 30 years and whose Swedish is, is uh, uh, rather poor, but who are eager to, to, to uh, learn more and to be part of a context. And the other group is recent, uh, recently arrived refugees. Um, and they are young men, as in most parts of Europe. Um, so these are the two categories. Um, what I maybe find a bit more interesting, I think it's also a little bit of a of a an organic process that some people are have a curiosity and they they engage other people are not, and that's fine. But that there is another kind of thing happening, which is that they start, of course, also to have ideas of other things that they would want to use. So tomorrow there will be a party, uh, a language cafe party, which they ask to organize. So sure, they they do it. Um, and the other way around, I'm not sure if we have cases where just a random visitor coming who then engages with the language cafe, but what we see is that the volunteers who are uh, doing the language cafe, who are native Swedish speakers, they can belong to the networks of artists based in Stockholm showing at Tensta Konstal, belong to the network of the team of the art center or the board, etc. So it doesn't necessarily happen through through the model of spectatorship. Yeah, sorry, I have a question myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's actually okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you said, you know, they, they want to have a party and then they do it. Um, how, how, how much... Uh, freedom do you give them to to do what they want I mean is, is that do are they completely self-organized is it uh uh Fahim al Nabsi whom I mentioned mm. who is the receptionist who is uh, leading the cafe and who is mm. somebody who who has been in Tansta for close to 25 years she came there from Damascus um, mm. she is always there somehow and I dare say that certain friendships have also mm. evolved so it's it's a pretty again organic process now we have time for other questions. I have a question which is not at the same time a question. Um, and I, I will formulate it and try to give answer to it at the same time as a way of getting somewhere. Because I, I don't have the uh, way of asking it properly. So the question is um, where the uh, margins are, how to articulate the, in fact, what is the users or the role uh, of margins or marginalities within the discussion of the commons. So are we willing, what's the object um, of the commons in here uh, in terms of, and the users as well, in terms of the, uh, of that which is, which might altogether fall outside of either the discussions of the common or the common itself. Um, the reason I'm asking this is because uh, despite the uh, effort and s certainly the 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 imperative to think outside of the binary um, 
uh, dichotomies between, uh, say, it, which, for instance, in, is encapsulated in the term of openness. I think openness in itself already presupposes a uh, a contain you know a containment or a container which is to be opened. So who is opening it and to what? So it suggests an outside. Uh, but the word itself, uh, the word use itself, um, if we'll do some kind of philological exercise, uh, we'll find that uh, use has, is a verb, but it's also a word. Um, we, you know, it gives us user, uh, use, useless, usership, usefulness, useful. Uh, but it also goes to misuse, which will lead already to, uh, to usury. And yet usury is the is the the fundament itself of uh, capital um, as we know it today. So I suppose what I'm asking is how to articulate the margins uh, within within these discussions. I can uh, say something, which is not an answer, uh, <laughs> which is that. Uh, Rather than use, for me, a key term here is agency. Uh, so not what is the use of art, but what does art do? And I think by rephrasing it this way, uh, we can maybe look a bit more at, at the work and, and the sort of reverberations that come from there somehow, which makes it also at least more interesting for myself to think about Actually, also so-called autonomous artworks, which I still can be, which I still think can be extremely interesting and important. Um, so that's one thing that I was thinking about. But then, rather than open and close, maybe it's transparency and opacity that are the terms. Uh, so when is something transparent and when is something opaque, and when do we demand transparency and when do we demand opacity? in a time when transparency, for example, is a term, at least according to Claire Birchall, the academic in London, which uh, no one can afford to uh, criticize, neither the left nor the center nor the right, because if you're against transparency, it's surely something dubious going on. Actually, I would like to ask um, about um, the concept of time uh, connected to museums, because uh, somehow I, I have the impression that uh, these uh, these are very interesting uh, proposals on somehow criticizing the museum uh, are more or less focused on criticizing the idea of. of uh, of spectatorship and um, uh, disinterested uh, contemplation in front of something, and less the idea that the museum is actually narrating something, uh, putting a certain order on history and time, and thus creating a form of understanding and a form of projecting perhaps the future. And I would like to ask you if you have, perhaps I didn't get it and you were saying that already. If you have any ideas on, on what these gestures that you've described have to do with uh, rearranging um, 
um, our conceptions of, of time or, or history. And, and one more question, if I might. Um, is there a difference between use and production? Because many of these ideas also have to do with giving people the opportunity to use in a certain way this, this uh, institution, uh, which is also kind of reflecting about itself and uh, criti self-criticizing uh, its power. But uh, uh, are these forms of uh, actually getting people um, produce their own uh, projects or their own um, plans for, for doing something instead of asking them to use what is offered in certain perhaps uh, dissident ways, but nevertheless use something which is offered to them. I think um, I think Tanya would say. I mean, I just did an interview with her about this. That yeah, maybe it is about that production. She talks about putting desire into action. So this idea of producing, I think, is really crucial to her. It's the distinction of why this kind of as a movement is really important, uh, uh, rather than in any uh, eschewing a kind of passivity. She would say, I think, I think, if I could put words into her mouth. Um, on the time question, I, maybe I was just trying to talk indeed about how we, we try to categorize against a kind of chronology, but with a full consciousness of exactly that idea of how time is kind of a, um, a, a crucial element in, in how art is kind of uh, uh, represented and understood and, 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 and is an offer, actually, an offer in, in, in relation to its comprehension. I just uh, would like to add something because uh, in case of this post-revolutionary museums, their uh, main uh, goal was to uh, reinvent history and rearrange history of art and history in general. And history, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, because uh, it's typical like idea of... <laughs> no, no. It's like uh, Benjamin that uh, previous uh, history was a history of ruling classes, not history of uh, proletarian or peasants or any oppressed classes. And uh, history only start after the revolution. And it's interesting how should we treat this previous history? Should we rearrange it? Should we use it or destroy? because many avant-garde artists, artists thought that we should burn museums because it's completely uh, corrupted by these uh, ruling classes. And uh, it's interesting question again, how this history um, becomes common, how people approach this. And uh, it's, uh, it's a really difficult question, really difficult question. And uh, in case of uh, Fyodorov Davidov exhibition, I think that um, he uh, didn't uh, uh, go further, but uh, what he did uh, uh, was like kind of black square, but uh, in the field of uh, art history, that he tried to produce a kind of machine of criticality against any type of uh, previous hi historical epochs, but at the same time uh, tried to keep uh, this history uh, in, uh, in the visible field somehow, not to just burn it. And um, yeah, I, I, I think um, it uh, can be interesting just uh, as uh, uh, attempt to do something in this field.
I still feel that there is uh, space and even need for contemplation um, in relation to art. And I think that that is one of the functions of an institution presenting art. And I always felt that um, there should be more opportunities to doze in a museum, to lie down, take a nap, wake up, and continue whatever you did, whether that was an intensive engagement or a more disengaged, perhaps even contemplative engagement. So um, more than getting rid of spectatorship, I think it's about different spectatorship models. And we have seen over history a number of different ones where maybe the constructivist one from the 20s is the most appealing one where the idea is not that you experience something all alone, but you do it with others in an exhibition space. And also that it's the exhibition is uh, spatially articulated in such a way that you can have multiple viewpoints. It's not made to start uh, at one point and end at another, but you can move around in a, in a very different way. So uh, in that sense, I think time is, is interesting, not in terms of the duration of, of the institution as such, but what uh, is possible for a visitor uh, in relation to artworks uh, on display somehow. Is that? Yeah, okay, on. Um, make another remark about time in addition to the ones that you've just made, and that is that I um, understood the wooden construction in the Van Abbey Museum as a hint at uh, critiquing the, the sort of novelty aspect that uh, always in, uh, inheres in an art history that is understood as, as a theological, um, teleological. Um, the sort of path, a uh, straight line into the future, which is also revolutionary time in a, in a way, um, where the societal use, political efficacy and, and so forth is um, um, overriding these uh, sort of instincts to just do the, the next new thing. Um, so I, I thought that the longer um, time um, frame that you indicated was actually a rather important aspect of this. And I think that openness, uh, the, the term that we're also talking about, already implies agency in that regard. Um, Umberto Eco, who's just died um, the other week um, in his work Opera Aperta from 1962, I think uh, did a, uh, made a, a very important intervention at a time when these sort of dissident strategies were developed uh, to, to say, yes, the, the viewer or, or user has a much more active, um, even activist um, role in, in this um, whole thing. So... We have time for one more question. Otherwise, uh, then we could or maybe we don't actually. <laughs> 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 I thought there was one more question, uh, but if not, I, 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 mm? there's some announcements before you leave, though. Yes. Okay, shall we do those first, or? Oh well, no. I wanted to make kind of final remark. And <laughs> <laughs> then. But I don't know, now the condition is kind of gone. <laughs> um, well, I, I, yeah, condition is gone, but, 
Well, I, I just thought as, as a openness and opening and open uh, keeps uh, appearing, um, uh, I just like to add uh, or bring another word that Stavros kept repeating, the direction. I thought that's really interesting, that direction or a certain future that we're looking at gives actually openness. It's not like open to whatever. <laughs> uh, and then that also allow like rule making, condition for rule, and then maybe uh, making mechanism. Um, well, another word also to remember is enclosure, I thought. Mm. Uh, so yeah, maybe that has to do with the direction. We don't want to have society with uh, multiplied enclosure or expanding enclosures. Um, and then, uh, and then not to forget uh, uh, Marina. <laughs> uh, that's also uh, what uh, like wonderfully connect the first session and the second session. Uh, that is uh, infrastructure critique. Mm. So in fact, we are working on uh, keep uh, yeah working on reinventing the uh, form of institution in which we are given. So for example, when you uh, made this museum, you had to also change the, I think, staff, and you had to change uh, yeah, forms of working to make uh, uh, this happen. And then already like uh, playing museum implicate that this infrastructure critique that is going on. So well, I, I think it, it was so rich uh, for me. <laughs> So uh, I don't know whether we got an answer, uh, one answer, like for, uh, uh, what is it, which art and what for? <laughs> the question that we put forward, but I hope that you, well, we all got a lot of material and resource and tools <laughs> to use and produce <laughs> for <laughs> and, and for many openings. Yes, and since it's an uh, open-ended uh, discussion that we had, I would uh, like to remark that um, on your way out, um, please be silent and head straight for the gate. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's, it's enclosed. Not, it's, we're enclosed, it's not late yet, but our neighbors don't know that. Uh, if you do want to continue discussion, uh, have you can have drinks uh, downstairs, you can also uh, stand outside there. Um, yeah. Okay, so other instructions. <laughs> Because it's a getting enclosed space. It's mm -hmm. interesting. It's a public space, but it's just surrounded mm -hmm. by five different uh, private households. So we have a kind of rule, <laughs> so that we have to close the gate by 7:30 strict. So anyone who brought their bikes, bring bikes outside, mm -hmm. even if you're going downstairs for drinks and toilet. And in the meantime, for another half an hour, the exhibition upstairs will remain open. Uh, some of us, including me, will be upstairs, so come around and then have a final look. And I'd like to thank to Jakob Proyer, uh, who has been working <laughs> behind, uh, making uh, uh, the audio uh, setup. And then Stein, you forgot to introduce yourself. Stein. <laughs> I, I knew I could count on you. <laughs> Steinbergs, uh, who has been organizing this forum together from the beginning until the end, and the older Casco staff, and then older contributors. And you, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>